Hello, welcome to the Christmas episode, episode 31 of Stick to Sports. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. I am Sean Gentilly from the New Orleans Times Picayune. What's the other one in that city? There's two. Uh, I don't know. I think the other one has a weird name, too. Everything's weird down there, dude. Tell me about it. It's because of the French. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say they're in like they're a weird termite problem. You ever hear about this? No. Termites, like in the 1920s, just wiped out like half the historic buildings in the city. In the Freedom Quarter. That's what I call it. <laughs> I get that. Good joke. Yeah. Um. I'm never going to find out what that New Orleans newspaper is, and that's fine. Doesn't matter. Nobody nope. cares. Uh, nope. You're right about that. So, the thing that people do care about this week is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I hated it. No, you didn't. You saw it multiple I saw it, times. I saw it three times. That's more I than it. me. I, I don't think I need to see it again. Mm. I think three was three in the theater was probably probably enough for me. That has nothing to do with the quality of it, but I... You saw it three rather. times in like a weekend. I saw it on uh, the on Thursday night when it came out. Same. I saw it on Saturday. Same. And then I saw it on either Monday or Tuesday night instead of going Christmas shopping. Not Excuse same. Me. Didn't didn't uh, didn't see it a third time. Probably going to do that tomorrow. I literally went wandered around the mall, bought nothing, walked into a movie theater. Saw Rogue One for a third time. Hell yeah. You didn't what want to did see Passengers think? instead? Pastures. Remember that? I don't know. Passengers? The... Oh, Passengers. Yeah, I thought you said Pastures. Nope, didn't say that at all. That's not a real movie. I mean, Certainly it might be. one theaters right now. That's true. Um, what did you think... What was your takeaway after seeing it a second time? Um, I could have done without most of the first act. Yes, that that was dropped us into it a little more quickly. The stuff I like the stuff that I like even more upon second viewing and the stuff that didn't work for me worked even less. Yeah, like I understand that they had to have like Diego Luna's character shoot that guy like he's Han Solo. So we're like, ooh, this guy's dangerous or whatever. But and and we had to have, you know, the uh, the Urso family farm scene. For obvious reasons. But, Which I was fine with. Yeah, but everything that wasn't that in the first act, I was just like, mm, I know, there's a Death Star. Like, you don't have to tease this I, out for right. us. The whole, the whole, it wasn't a digression, I, I guess, but um, Riz Ahmed, the whole sequence with him and Forrest Whitaker, like that whole process, it felt like it went on twice as long and as it, it did not need to be in the movie at all no, like, no 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 they no. could have just had him going to uh saw Gerrera's hideout on jetta and then that was it like they didn't have to have the weird brain smelling alien or whatever that was spoiler yeah, for this movie by the way care. you should have seen it already it's not our fault uh um, yeah there there will be significant significant amounts of spoilers yep. throughout this whole conversation and will uh, and i'll even make the title of this episode the time you should skip to if you don't want to see the spoilers or hear know. them you can't see them we're talking so it's not really the same thing um but yeah no um once the movie got going i thought it was really great 
I it just took you know what was funny is like one of my I I like the I like the Urso family farm scene very much yeah but also like one of my takeaways from that was her mom is very very interesting to me Jen Urso's mother and I read today that the original plan or at least at at some point uh, the plan was for them was for her to be a Jedi who is who escaped um, who was one of the few that escaped. after Order sixty six or whatever it was called in Revenge of the Sith, where yeah. where all, all the Jedi's were killed, so that was that would kind of explain the explain you know the line about the Force and, and the in the crystal and all that stuff. That's cool. I didn't know that. And that was also the only scene that uh, that Krennic was Krennic was terrifying in that scene. Yes, and it he was, was. A di- it was a direct ripoff of Christoph Waltz. Oh in, yeah, it was in Inglorious Bastards, and I did not care. No, not at all. But, but after that, for the rest of the movie, which I thought was fu- this is not a criticism. I thought it was just kind of funny. He was just like the put upon guy who keeps getting dumped on by his bosses, which I yeah, thought was, was, was which I thought was great. He was just kind of like a sort of a sort of a feckless uh, bureaucrat. Yeah, he was a functionary, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's really interesting, like. Maybe maybe they intended it this way, maybe they didn't, but uh, that's kind of the thing of, like, this is how terrifying even, like, a dweeb in the Empire is, where he's just like, oh, uh, shoot that lady for no reason. <laughs> well, not no reason, I guess she pulled a gun on him, but mm-hmm. you see. Um, what did you think of Chirrut, the blind uh, Will? What is is what the characters are? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the blind guy? Let me tell you, that blind guy uh, was fun. I thought I liked it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen criticism of him, and I understand it. But what's the criticism that they were making him out like he was Daredevil or whatever? Yeah, and he could just see just whatever. Too much, too much Daredevil. Like that, it's a trope, sort of, to have you know the blind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mystic kind of, you know, super, super effective blind uh, <laughs> martial artist, which is not a cliche at all. There's just it happened one other time, right? Yeah. So I thought I thought it worked because you didn't know if he was like former Jedi hiding out or force sensitive or any of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and it seemed to work for like. Everything that he said was going to happen happened, including mm-hmm. him getting shot at the end of that movie because he knew someone had to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought that worked just within the universe of Star Wars, for sure. Um, and the droid K two S O. I read I thought th- it was a lit. I I could have maybe done with a maybe a slightly slightly fewer quips, I guess. But yeah. What was good about what was good about that though is that they were legitimately funny and they weren't Star Wars funny either. They no, were, they were regular. They funny. were they were like punched up, you know, actual jokes. Right, and like it was it was a fun contrast because C three PO and R two D two are inexplicably in this movie. Um, yeah, and C three PO gets off like a C three PO kind of laugh line. And it gets mm-hmm. a zero because it wasn't funny. Because, and then, like, right. the next scene, 
K2SO has, like, a good line, and it's like, oh, this is actually, like, this is what... Do you know, what what line was that, do you know, offhand? It was as they were flying into the uh, the Death Star, like, hidden laboratory, and the, yeah. they were trying to tell him how to fly the ship, and he was like, and he said something along the lines of, like, why don't you come up here and fly it? He yeah. didn't say that, but it was along those lines, and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this the only... Good. I, honest to God, the only like legitimate criticism I have of it is that it takes too long to get going. Yep. But you know, at the end of the day, it gave yeah, like it. You're, I'm complaining that I got too a little bit too much stuff that I still, for the most part, enjoyed. Yeah. Um. You know, and if we're being honest, apart from you know the uh, the 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 two ships that fly in uh, after the opening credits. A New Hope is kind of boring for the first 35, 40 minutes. It's just Luke I, complaining I, about vapor. I can see why farming. people would think that. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of droids wandering the desert. Yeah. So like, there's Which, just not a lot going on, and so like, if that's the big criticism, hey, the criticism is like in keeping with the rest of every other Star Wars movie that isn't Empire. But see, the, the the thing now, and the reason it's the reason this is okay is because <laughs> it, it's it's slow to develop, but we're, everybody's on board with the premise of the movies and the overall way in which they're executed. So it's like absolutely, it's is it boring and maybe ambling in a way that in a way that uh, doesn't serve it perfectly? Yeah, sure, but. It's also a good movie at its core. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not a boring movie. It's a good movie that has that has a couple boring spots. Whereas, you know, the prequels are just, oh my god. I, I this is really, that's not that, that's another pretty effective thing that happened because of this. It really hammered home how shitty the prequels are. I mean, as if that needed hammered home more. But like this yeah. is this this even this makes it even more explicit that those are just irredeemable piles of garbage. Yeah. So like George Lucas, when he's the creative force behind a star Wars movie is one for four and all other people in the world are like three and a half for four, depending That's on your what... feelings of Jedi. My feelings on Jedi are that the special edition I think it suffers so much because of oh, how, how badly he screwed it up with the special edition that people retroactively uh, are probably a little bit too harsh on on the normal version of it. Like, there's so much just total garbage in that in that that, that was added to that movie for sure. And I, you know, again, they're on TNT every other day now, so it's like I, I can say that with it being fresh on my mind, it it it's borderline unwatchable yeah. at times. Yeah. But that's just because, again, and this is the greatest possible. This is ultimately what I think the Disney helming of these movies has done, and what they've done with it is that they understand why people like Star Wars. They, right. they understand what made. And, and do they lay it on maybe a little bit too thick? And Force Force Awakens, sure. Is it, it? Are there some minor missteps? Yes, absolutely. But. They at least understand it, and you have to, honest to God, ask the question or just make the statement that George Lucas, honest to God, does not get why people liked it in the first place. Because no. if he did, because if he did, the prequels would have been different, and the special editions would have not existed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you? There was a story that was going around like 
maybe a, a couple days before Rogue One came out about George Lucas when he would get involved with LucasArts. Did you read that? Yes, I did. It's amazing. Amazing. And, and it tells I'm, you everything we're, about that. We're going to we're going to read that out loud actually right now. <laughs> That's because, fine. Because, because people people need to know. So so talk for a second while I okay. look this up. Um yeah, so there there's just so much like good stuff that it can definitely feel fan servicey, I think. Um okay but, with that. Yeah, like as long as it's not over the top like like, I thought maybe the Darth Vader like yelling at Director Krennic scene was a little bit uh, too precious, maybe where he was like getting off puns and stuff, and it's like. But ah. Vader, do- Vader kind of does that shit though. Like, like he's got a history of of being a little being a little corny. Yeah, I get. I, he's, I, he's, maybe that one line was just a like a different little too lines. much. About yeah, no, it's true. Don't okay. choke on your so, ambition. Okay, here we go. In 2006, LucasArts teamed with Day One Studios to bring a new intellectual property to market. The vision for this new title was a first-person shooter that allowed the player to shape a battlefield's terrain by using various science fiction weapons. That ambition design became Fracture, a game that was announced on May 3rd, 2007. So this is, you know, after after uh, Revenge of the Sith comes out by a couple years. The plan for Fracture was turned completely upside down in a meeting, a LucasArts dev who worked on the title says. Although the team was far into development, a decision was made by LucasArts executives to turn it into a third-person shooter. Quote, we were told to pull the camera out. We had to make a character model, create animations, plot the levels differently, stream it differently. It was a nightmare for everyone involved. So again, it started out as a first-person shooter, and then they were like, actually, no, don't do that. When Fracture was revealed to the public, its protagonist was a character named Mason Briggs. Which, th- by the this, time is, the... this is the good shit, by the yes, way. This is unbelievable. Right. Yeah, I, I apologize, but for anybody who got, you know, whose eyes glazed over for that last part. When Fracture was revealed to the public, its protagonist was a character named Mason Briggs. By the time the game launched, his name was changed to Jet Brody. A person who helped give this gun-toting rebel his original name recalls going through weeks of naming conventions. Quote, literally whole team sitting together, brainstorming what looks good, the first name, the last name, etc. Done. Good to go. But then a phantom menace struck. George Lucas would periodically check on the status of the games his company was making, lending creative input and advice. The developer I talked to sighs and agitatedly says, quote, in one viewing of Fracture, he said it looked really good, but he didn't like Mason Bray's name. We're like, what do you mean, George? He responded to the effect of, it doesn't really fit when he jumps on stuff. He moves pretty fast. I like BJ Dart. BJ Dart. So everybody is like, no, he's got to be fucking with us, but he's absolutely not. So when something like that happened in the middle of a campaign, mind you, we have to go back through the entire naming convention again from scratch. From that second, Jet Brody was born. Coincidentally, is the name of Lucas's son. A similar situation arose with Star Wars, the Force Unleashed protagonist, Starkiller. That name was only supposed to be a nickname or call sign, not a proper name from the beginning. The development team hoped Lucas would give Vader's apprentice a Darth moniker, which at the time was something that didn't happen often. The team threw a Hail Mary to George, saying the game would have more credibility if the apprentice had a Darth title, a Force Unleashed team member says. Lucas agreed that the situation made sense for Sith royalty and offered up two Darth titles for the team to choose from. Quote, he threw out Darth Icky and Darth Insanius. <laughs> Darth pr- Icky. 
I think Darth like, Insanius is. I, Darth Insanius is funnier to me. Uh no, Darth Icky is the name of one of the ghosts in, in Pac Man. Like, there was a pregnant pause in the room after that. People waited for George to say "just kidding," but it never comes, and he just moved on to another point. Darth Insanius. So that's like that's you know, that's the <laughs> that's what we were dealing with. 10 or 15 years ago. Imagine imagine having George Lucas as your boss. Like he well, like, ultimate, he's just a- Have you ever watched the the DVD features that came with the uh Phantom Menace DVD? Like they, maybe maybe a long time ago. They had a, I, they had a behind the scenes documentary time. and it's him like explaining what's going on in this movie to all the like Lucasfilm people for the first time and the camera's panning around the room. And people are fucking horrified. Yeah, like but... they're like, I can't believe this is happening. And but he's George Lucas, so nobody could say, "Hey, George, um, all of this sounds really stupid right. and bad. So maybe don't do it." Hey, why did you decide to spend thirty minutes on those Trade Federation jabronis <laughs> having having hologram conferences with various other characters? To be fair, that is one of my top three trade dispute movies of all time. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is actually? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I actually have two was other that... ones. Okay. I, I was hoping that that was sincere. But yeah, George George Lucas, man. Yeah. So what if, like, uh, what, if, what if Anakin Skywalker was a little kid? And yeah. like the whole idea of by the way anakin skywalker comes from a virgin birth it's like come on get out of here and then we explain where the force comes from isn't that great no it's very bad george there's gonna be tons of shit walking through the frames at all times oh i like that can we get, can we get one of the uh, car- cartoon character like protagonists to step in poop multiple times during this movie <laughs> Because if we can, oh, I think we'll be in great shape. I the the scene in the scene in Jabba's palace in Jedi, where in the special edition where he splices in musical performance is <laughs> that offends that offends me on a visceral level. It it's here's here's the problem with it. It's not just that it's pointless. It's that it's also really bad. It's dumb looking. It it's, looks it, it looks like it looks like shit and just from like a from any sort of it, it's it's an irredeemable thing. It it serves nothing. Like it I'm okay with throwing stuff in there because you think it looks cool. Like fine, do yeah. that. Like flex flex those ILM muscles, dude. Whatever. But holy shit. This stuff looked it all looks so awful. Atrocious. Oh, whatever. I we that's enough about the now, Yeah, now we're just relitigating movies that yeah, came out I know. a decade and a half ago. Yeah. Um, Rogue One, speaking of Darth Vader, by the way, how great was that, like, 13-second fight scene he had? I recorded it on my phone the second time I oh, saw it. Oh, hell yeah. It, and I've watched it multiple times. It rules. Because, like, you play a Star Wars video game, right? And when you're a <laughs> Jedi, you can do amazing shit. And all we've ever seen Darth Vader do in a movie... It's kind of like lazily wave a lightsaber around and like right. stand in the bucket, like just not even move his feet. Right. It was awful. And no, and that was that. That was the scariest that Darth Vader's ever been. Yeah, this Bucky. is 
a significant margin. Yeah, you go, okay, this is why, like, you know, we, like, this is why he's this terrifying. Is why were, this is why people were, were pissing their pants, you know, in, in the, in A New Hope. Like, yeah. this, this is, this is, like, what, this is what people knew was coming and why they were so afraid. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so cool. Cause, like, just that shot of him in the dark and then he turns the lightsaber on and you're like, oh, oh shit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then the, the world's worst relay race with that, with the, with the disc of the, with the plans on it. Yeah. I w- here's, here's a funny thing. Here's a funny thing I, I saw because I, I know you will never do this, but when stuff like this happens that I'm like obsessed with, I will actually check subreddits for it to see if there's like, you know, just funny stuff that pops up. Mm-hmm. This is an actual conversation that happened in, in the Star Wars subreddit. Because people were, you know, that's the discussion that people were having was about, you know, how unbelievably badass Vader was in that moment and just trying to rectify it with how, you know, stilted and lame all his all his lightsaber work was <laughs> in the original movies. Yeah. <clears throat> this this is a Reddit commenter. I always figured that Vader and Obi-Wan knew the outcome of their final battle before it even began. They were just going through the formalities of a lightsaber duel. Their conversation was the true fight. Vader attempting to show how powerful he was without the Jedi and Obi-Wan refusing him victory. I like this insight. Like their battle could have been really great, but Obi-Wan denied him that satisfaction by refusing to fight. Their short deal, their short duel was merely a formality. In the end, Obi-Wan denied Vader the vengeance he long sought and left him a hollow victory. Like that's such a great example of the mental gymnastics that these dorks need to yeah. go through. To explain why a duel filmed in 1997 or 1977, yeah, featuring an elderly man was was bad. Like they can't just say it was because these guys were not great sword fighters, and, right? And Alec Guinness was an old man. I w- I will say that I do buy the explanation of like at the end, Obi Wan tried to lose. Like he just turned off his lightsaber. Yeah, obviously, turned off his lightsaber. That's so, that's true. That's true. But like let's get serious like they just didn't that was the best they could do in terms of in terms of in terms of having an actual duel yeah your your other alternative option by the way is um having a yoda versus count dooku kind of a of battle where they're just jumping around on everything for no reason other than they can cgi it it's like oh yoda's yoda's spry that's another really that's actually sort of a stupid thing too is that that's supposed to be 30 years, let's say, before – no, not not even. 20 years before Empire Strikes Back when Yoda is decrepit and 900 years old and dies. Yep. And, 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 so – but when he was eight, when he was 880 though, he, he was – He was feeling great. Yeah, right. He was he was kicking ass. It's that – those last 20 years out of the 900 that, that, that really get you. Now, Stuff again, you could, to- you could do the dork like rationalization argument and say – the force became weaker when all the Jedi were killed, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So Yoda didn't have his, I don't buy that. I think they just had a stupid looking puppet in 1979 and 1980 or whatever. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and then, and then, and then that limitation was removed and George Lucas didn't care about, you know, <laughs> making sense. He, he was just, yeah, that, right. The, the, the dedication to making sense and putting together, you know, uh, a coherent kind of narrative film was thrown out the window in favor of just having Yoda jump around because it was something he could do. Yep. 
But again, now we're, now we're just we're talking about the prequels again. That's right. Um, what else? What else? Did you like the fact that everybody died in the movie? Yes. Yep. Same. Because they should have. That was the whole point. It was a suicide mission. I, I can't, guess you- I can't remember who said it, but uh, there was a guy on Twitter who tweeted, um, it was my favorite movie about sending an email <laughs> to a fish. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yep. And uh, that's real. That's literally what the movie boils down to. What did you think of Felicity Jones's performance as Jin Erso? She was good. I mean, she's a good actress, so like she wasn't going to mess it up. But she she didn't get a lot to do. I, would I say. did not. I did not really care about the fate of those characters no. at all. Like when they when when they died, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because again, but you felt like they what were happens, supposed to. How do the plans make it into? Princess Leia's hands. Yep. Did you like CGI Princess Leia? Um, I was happy to see it, but then I also was a little. Uh, th- that was an uncanny valley situation yep, for me. Didn't look didn't look good enough to justify. Although the uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, I thought looked perfectly good. I thought there was there was certain times where Tarkin looked good and certain times uh, where it didn't work. And I think the problem with that for me is is the mouths. Yeah. When they speak, there's something not right about uh, about the the way their the way their lips look when they form words. It's not it's not there yet. It's the Forrest Gump thing. Better, I will say that. The eyes look better. The eyes were, were the big problem, like with, you know, Polar Express and Beowulf and those stupid, yeah. those stupid Gollum. CGI movies. That, yeah, right. There was, you know, there they weren't human eyes. Right. But I thought I thought those looked better. I like I'm, I have no problem with them doing it. I thought it was really cool, and I'm sure they did it about as well, as well as they possibly could. Yeah, have. and that's and that's the other thing too is like when you find out that this movie takes place eight minutes before yeah. uh, it had, a new hope, it would have, it, it would have been glaring if, if like you had to have, first off, you had to have Tarkin in it. Yes. Cause he, people forget like how much he was the antagonist, even more than, more so than Vader of, yeah, he was the Krennic of a new hope. Absolutely. And so you had to have him in it to some extent. And then, you know, like you said, when you realize that it ends 15 minutes before the events of a new hope. I mean, you got to have the only option they had. Yeah. On both fronts. I thought I did not think you were going to see her face though. Yeah. And that's because, and and they probably could have gotten away with that. Like like you could have just seen her from behind because everybody knew who it was. And and then, you know, just have the door shut or something. Um, quick update on Princess Leia, by the way. Carrie Fisher, as we record this, has suffered a apparently kind of severe heart attack, but the Hollywood Reporter just tweeted that she is out of emergency and stable. Oh, that's great. That's great news. I was very worried that she was going to die. She is an all-time badass, Carrie Fisher. Yep, she rules. So, that's great. So, yep, shout out. And I was very worried about that. All day. Well, not all day, but for the last like hour or whatever. I had like a, I, a I had a bummer. conversation about her this morning, so I was totally. I kind of thought it was my fault. I mean, 
I don't want to say that it was, but it wasn't not. <laughs> I'm just glad she's okay, bro. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, so I guess that'll do it for our Star Wars talk. We'll end on the really upbeat. Yeah, uh, Carrie Fisher news. No, that's that it. That that is upbeat because I I hadn't it's seen than, that. It's better than what we had heard for sure. I hadn't I hadn't seen the good news, and I was 100 percent sure that you were going to say that she had died. So yeah, no, you- I would not have. Uh, I don't think I would have even brought it up on the show if I had heard nope. that. Nope. Um, so we have approximately one million Christmas questions to get to. Um, yeah. So we'll just we're just going to spend the second half of this episode, maybe even a little more than that, uh, just going through them. This so, is this is our this is our Christmas gift to you. The laziest possible way of that's right, baby. <laughs> that's how we got to do it. Um, so Mark Gillis, this is from like two weeks ago. Mark Gillis getting way out in front of it. Uh, at Mark underscore underscore Gillis. That's two underscores. Uh, if you're scoring at home or underscoring at or home. Underscore. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, what is the best Christmas gift you received as a child? Oh man. I can go first if you like. Yes, please. Okay, I got the Nintendo Entertainment System when I was three years old, and uh, that is that's way young to. That's great. It was brand new. Yeah, like it yeah. came out in eighty, like end of eighty five. So I got it, you know, within a year of its release. Uh, I would say the first. I, this is kind of ripping off your answer, but I specifically I got Ocarina of Time for Christmas. Oh and, yeah, you know, was not seen or heard from for weeks. Yeah, I, I I have to say that this was both a a gift and a curse because video games broke my brain forever. Um, but you know, I nah, really Scott, I, I like I my mom. I had a Game Boy when I was a kid. My mom was not down with having like a console video game system, so I had to go, you know, play games at the neighbor kid's house. Whoa. Who I. Straight up did not like, but <laughs> went over because he had Super Nintendo. Oh, hell yeah. So the first the, – but the first console that I had like actually in my house was Nintendo 64. Good console to start off with if we're starting off with one. My personal favorite. That's a, that's a I, good question. What else? I got, a, I got a bike one year. That was, that was, that's, that was really cool. Uh, I got a bike like in the summer. Classic. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I'd never ridden a bike before. And my dad was trying to show me, and it was one of those things where, you know, like, he finally, uh, like, lets go of the wheel, and I'm like, Dad, I'm doing it, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. And I immediately crashed into the hood of my dad's car and flipped up onto it. That's great. I thought you were going to say you, I thought you were going to say you wrecked into his balls. (laughs) No. I would have had to have turned around in this scenario. You never know. I guess that's true. Um, and then for a while, I didn't know how to stop, and we had a fairly steep driveway. So for whatever reason, instead of walking the bike down to the end of the driveway, I would just uh, ride it down and crash it into the neighbor's fence across the street. That's great. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in years. What a moron. You st- and you still don't know how to ride a bike. It's true. You know, I never really got any good at it. That's for sure. I was, you know, I could get I places on it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I got. I remember I got. Uh, 
I got the Chappelle, I remember I got the Chappelle show first season DVD one year and I just was so so super duper psyched about it and just obsessively watched it for you know A forever. Month. Yeah. Yeah. Who can that was like you? great show. That was like that that was when like televised like full full seasons of TV shows on DVD was like 40 bucks. Well yeah, well I yeah, but I was going to say it's just like the hot new shit. Oh like, yeah, for sure. That was the that was really the first time it was that easy to consume it in that way because it was tougher to find online and all that all that stuff. Yeah, didn't have DVR. Thing. Around that time, um, I got the first season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, having never seen it because I didn't have HBO at the time. Yeah, boy, that was a game changer. That That's was great. that blew my mind how good that first season of Curb was. So, I get it, man. Uh, Jesse Spector asks, can you rank, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, he asks, can you rank the 12, the gifts from the 12 days of Christmas? I don't even think I can list them. Uh, well, let's start, let's start with what we know. Sing, sing for me. Well, there is a partridge in a pear tree. You know that one, the classic. And as far as I'm concerned, that's going to be pretty far down the list. Stupid. Stupid bird in a tree that produces I, I, I very gross fruit. There's way too many birds. Oh, yeah. You get, like, get a ton of birds, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, partridge uh, in a pear tree. Two turtle doves. Three French hens. Yep. Uh, four. Four calling birds. So at this point, you're up to... Let's seven see. birds. Eight birds. Nope. Four calling birds. Three French hens. So that's seven right there. Ten birds in oh, the first four birds. days. Ten birds in the first four days alone. Number There's a lot of birds. Yeah. Five. Five, you get five golden rings. Five, five golden rings. Six, six geese laying, you're up to 16 birds. Seven swans of swimming, that's 23. Eight maids milking, nine ladies dancing. Ten lords a-leaping, eleven pipers piping, twelve drummers drumming. Still too many birds. Is that? It's not more birds than people, but no. Oh, absolutely, it isn't. Eight maids of milking seems like overkill, but gotta but, get that milk, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's the best one. Really? I feel like I feel like uh, the five golden rings is the best one. Cash value. Sust versus sustenance. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Now, can uh, I use these birds in a farming situation? <coughs> so, like, one day my seven swans of swimming can become 49 swans of swimming, and then I can have swan eggs whenever I want. Uh, can people eat swan eggs? I'm pretty sure you can eat any egg if you want to. People eat ostrich eggs. That's Is that difference. true? Yeah. They're big. I, I, I want to know if you can eat any egg. Yeah, you definitely can. Spider eggs. <laughs> I mean, you can eat them, and I'm sure they won't kill you or anything. Uh, but I also bet you, they don't taste very good. I don't know that. You're right about that. Uh, the worst the worst is the Lord's a-leaping. I'm going to say 12 drummers drumming would be pretty horrible. <laughs> That's your Todd Glass. <laughs> Another reference <laughs> I get. <laughs> so yeah i'm going i, I think the i think it goes maids rings geese 
turtle doves, French hens, pipers, uh, ladies dancing, drummers drumming, that goddamn partridge, and then in last place for SG, dead last, is those ten vile lords leaping all over the place. Yeah, I I agree. I'm going to go from the bottom up here. Ten lords leaping, garbage, um... Obviously, like, monarchies and things of this nature, just, like, morally disgusting. So, if I'm putting Get charge on with guys, Yeah, okay. So, them. I'm going to say 12 drummers drumming, not far in front of them. Uh, Piper's piping. And then I'm going to say you're parching in a pear tree. And now we're getting into the good stuff. I think, I think I'm going to go... <laughs> I think you're going to go with swans. Then turtle doves. Then geese, then French hens, because you can get eggs out of that, plus, you know, chicken sandwiches. Um, did I miss any? Calling birds, I like calling birds. Nice song. Uh, maids, rings. How much about birds do you know? Oh, I know a lot about birds. Is this an episode of Bird Corner? <laughs> no. <laughs> because if it were... An episode of Bird Corner is just an episode of Dinosaur Corner. Birds are birds are dinosaurs. So says you. No, I mean. So says you. So says science. Frogs. Not dinosaurs. Some are. <laughs> nope, not one. Real big frog. You like that band? Yeah, it was my ska band. Cool. Um, All right, next question. Our buddy PJ Kearns at Patrick Kearns asks, what was the worst present you ever bought for someone? Like, shittiest effort slash last minute bullshit. I I bought my mom Christmas presents in an airport one time. And uh, I definitely bought her, like, something just thoughtless and and shitty. Duty free store. She's a great lady and is, is far too good to me. And I bought her garbage from like a brookstone in the cincinnati airport or something yeah i'm gonna say um everything i bought for my sister when i was a teenager is is somewhere on this list i don't remember what they were but i do remember putting exactly negative eight thought into it two of my friends uh (laughs) their two two brothers had a sister and they bought they somehow got a gigantic box and it was like a, you know some some huge huge box filled it up uh with nothing just junk and had an envelope with five dollars at the bottom of it <laughs> she got five bucks yeah sure that's not a terrible gift it could be better um but yeah, no, so every year uh, I have an aunt who every year she gives like all the kids in the family, I mean we're all adults at this point, but all the kids in the family get um, $50 in $1 bills that she like packages creatively slash annoyingly. I see, I like that. Yeah, it, like she puts thought into it. Um, a couple years ago she froze a bunch of $1 bills in like actual blocks of ice. Mm-hmm. And she said it was cold, hard cash because, you know, that's the joke. Um, but like, yeah. Too cute by half. Yeah. I Look, I don't disagree, especially because then you got to like. You have to. Right. That's wait a little, for that ice to melt. Too much. Um, but like, at least she's coming up with 
with gimmicks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's and it's fifty bucks. You, yeah, gotta respect the hustle. Quite frankly. Um, next question, Jordan Dix. At Wait, Jordan. here's the. Oh, excuse me. Here's the worst. The worst gift I've ever ha- I've ever heard though. My my cousins on their other side, you know, big family, mm-hmm. do a grab bag, you know, whatever gift exchange, secret Santa, whatever whatever you want to call it. And one of their family members is like, I don't know if there's something wrong with this person or what, but one year she gave my cousin uh, a mug full of hard candy. I just that was that, like, that was like the present. That reminded me of maybe the worst gift I've ever received, but I think that might have been another uh, question. Oh, I'll do it now anyway. And if and sorry to whoever asked this, but the worst gift I have ever received in my life. Uh, I was like 14, really starting to get into like punk rock music yeah. and all that kind of yeah. thing. And my aunt was like, "Well, your mother told different aunt than the than the money one." Uh, she said, "Your mom tells me you're getting very into music, so I got you this CD. I think you'll really like it." She was dead serious. What do you think this CD was? Uh, how old are you? 14. Yeah, I was 14. Boys the Men. Late period Boys the Men. Nope. Uh, incorrect. The what? correct answer is Jimmy Buffett's Greatest Hits. Oh my! That's as bad as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my grandma, my grandma, who is a living saint. She's a, she's an amazing lady, and she has historically just overdoes it with presents. She she's great and giving and, and awesome, but she's got some real bad. She's got some bad ones on on her on her. Uh, on her resume and one year she got me um she she gave me a watch but it it was you know not not an overly expensive watch but it was 100% a woman's watch and i was like probably <laughs> like like 15 like 15 or like just i was a total obviously old old enough to be a piece of shit mm-hmm. and i just couldn't even i i i was I was I actually said out loud, "Oh, this is this is a woman's watch." Like I I just like blurted it out and she looked like she was going to cry. Yeah. I got a signed photo of an astronaut one year who I did not know. <laughs> he, he was just some like not not even like an astronaut, just like a low-level guy who like worked for NASA that like her that like a friend of hers knew. What? And she was like, "Oh, she was like, "Oh, Sean likes Sean likes, you know, Outer is space. interested in and Sean loves outer space, and and I I was like I had no idea who it was. It was a it was a it was a random man in a frame photo. It said like to Sean from you know Dave Lozo or whatever his name was. Sean, I have and, great news for you. By the way, my cousin works uh, in PR for NASA. So yeah, like do you do you want her autograph too? Yes, great. Yes, I'll make that's, it happen. That's a that's a hundred percent what it was, and I was so like. I was nine and I, and I, and I took it like a champ, but I was so baffled. I, I was, I was like, Oh wow, this is great. Like who, who, who is this? What, what is this? She was like, Oh, that's like Owen, blah, blah, blah. He's a oh, junior cool. accountant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> he works in accounts receivable at, at NASA. <laughs> He's a janitor and, uh, yeah. No, one, I one so of the best in the world. You know, 
it taught I, I learned I, I had to learn but in the, the watch ordeal by the way that was the maddest my father's ever been at me I think like he wanted he he wanted to choke me like Homer Simpson style really and, oh it, I, I the the tone and the way that I said it was just so like I was in a bad mood like moody teenager whatever and I just couldn't I couldn't hide it and he actually looked like he wanted to punch me in the face wow he did <laughs> he didn't my, i love my dad and he never laid a hand on me but i i was definitely definitely worried about That's it what like i understand like i'm assuming it was his mom was the grandma in question yeah yeah like i get the impulse but also like if you're a young child not young I, I, but i can't i i can't like recreate the way that i said it but i sounded like an enormous piece of shit Oh, okay. Well, that's not, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I, I didn't, I didn't even do it on purpose, but I blurted it out just like, you know, oh my God, what the hell is this? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was, and I was not happy. So, and again, this has come from a man who it's his mother and he's probably had to put up with some pretty weird gifts, sure. <laughs> questionable gifts from her over, over the years. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was just like, you little, you, <laughs> you little shit. I've been yeah, doing but this. You're for, a kid. I've, I've had to deal with this for forty know. years. No, 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 no. She. It was not. It was not. It was not cool. Okay. I, I still. I've, I've. I've. I still feel bad about it. All right. Well, here's some. Someday I'll forgive myself. Here's our. Uh, here's our next question from Jordan Dix at Jordan underscore Dix. Only the one underscore there. Um, what is your favorite stocking stuffer candy? There is a correct answer. He doesn't specify what that is. Uh... My, I don't really get stocking stuff or candy. Like, oh, I get, really? I don't think so. Well, the correct like, answer like, is... Like razors and stuff. Yeah. I get a toothbrush every year from my mom, but with candy, so it's a real mixed message. Um, yeah, so the little... I mean, I, I'm so boring when it comes to candy questions. Like, I, I would say probably, like, the little the little Reese's Cups. I was going to say Reese's Peanut Butter Trees. Let's go. Simple. Yeah. So yeah, that's that question. Uh, next, Matt Hervin. Thoughts on what are your thoughts on peppermint? I hate it. Next I could leave or take it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Matt Hervin, Matt underscore Hervin, another underscore. We're we're really big with the underscore crowd, and it's so nice to see it. Um, what is the best thing to put in hot cocoa, and why is it Pappy Van Winkles? <laughs> uh in hot cocoa, the best thing to put in hot cocoa is a marshmallow. No, is milk. Yeah, I'd rather just drink whiskey. I'd rather just drink. Yeah, I do not and, like a and, hot and, alcoholic and, beverage. Um, I don't agree with that. There are certain kinds of hot toddies that are you, that you are like good. Nice, you like a nice hot beer? <laughs> like a nice, yeah, right, exactly. Uh. There's a nice uh, semi-boiling <laughs> glass of Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm going I'm going non-alcoholic though, man. Just give me yep. some, give me some, uh, give me some marshmallows. Yeah, I'm totally with you. It's a uh, it's a real simple thing. I don't I don't want to put like whipped cream on there. I don't want to do any of that fancy stuff. Just throw some marshmallows in there. Let's call it a day. Or like, or, or you can cut 
and mix in some Bailey's if you put alcohol in it because Bailey's is, you know, sure. delicious. Yeah. And doesn't taste like alcohol. Right. We were, uh, this th- this was hot chocolate, not coffee, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. I wouldn't have an answer for coffee. I don't like it. Mm. Um, next question. Joe Barker at underscore Joe B. Uh, nice. How did you find out Santa wasn't real? Spoiler alert again. Cousin told me. Really? Yep. How old? Uh, I was old enough to like pretend that it didn't. Or I was young enough to like pretend that it didn't happen, and still continue to like believe for a couple years after that. All right, all right. But now my cousin Joe absolutely told me. And my and my aunt Tracy and and Uncle Deech's house. I remember. I was probably about six. Okay. Yeah, maybe younger. When did Doggy Style come out? The Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I don't that, know. The, I feel like that was around. At this the is time. how you contextualize your youth in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. You know what? I was like five. Yeah. That's okay. It. That's that's about right. I was. I remember exactly where I, it was. Where I was when it happened. I was in art class in first grade, and it just occurred to me. Nobody like, told oh, this, me. Oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, Santa's not real. Huh. I'm on. My parents also had me on video at like four. Yep. Looking at like looking at you know a gif with my name on it that was under the tree and and saying that Santa's handwriting looked like my mom's. So and you I was were like, really putting that puzzle piece together. Yeah, I was, and I was, but that I don't even remember doing that. And they they just like my mom. She explained it away in one way or another. I don't know. Yeah, um, I um, all the stories about me from a, as a kid is like amazing credulity about the existence of Santa. Like, yeah. Like remember, um, in the, in the, uh, banking and Rask or whatever it's called, the, um, Rudolph stop motion thing where his nose made a sound when it glowed. Yeah. So there was a, um, like a cable television tower near my house that had like a big red light at the top of it. And mm-hmm. I was te- like, I remember we drove by it on Christmas Eve and I was like, it's Rudolph. You know, I've seen this thing a billion times in my life at this point, apparently. Right. Um, right. And I'm like, Nope, there he is. It's Rudolph. I can hear his nose glowing. And my parents must've looked at each other. Like we have the dumbest fucking kid on the planet. Our kids, our kids, our kids stupid. Yeah. I, I, I definitely like, I, I picked it. A- I've convinced myself for sure that that it was not – like I, I somehow reconvinced myself at some point that Santa was real and, 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 and held out for like a couple more years. But yeah, I mean I, I don't know, seven, eight. Yeah. And then, and then you have the whole – and you went through this because you have a younger sister. I do. You have, you have the whole like I, – like I did. I had to go along with the – with the ruse for, for a couple more years after that. Yep. Because Kaylee's, Kaylee's almost four years younger than I am. So I, I had to, I had to hang in there and not, not be a little shit. Yeah. I got roped into like helping my parents pretend, uh, like the Easter bunny was real and stuff like that. So like, I would have to distract my sister while my parents were doing like things that the Easter bunny would have done, like leaving the jelly bean trail and things like that. Yeah. Like I definitely, did like desperately wanted to believe that Santa was real 
and like rationalized it where I was like, okay, well, here's what, like, maybe he doesn't deliver all the toys or, you know what I mean? Like, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was jumping through major, major hoops to, to still, you know, convince myself of it. But yeah, I would say, I would say I was about seven. Yeah. Well, I figured it out a little sooner than you. So look, look who's smart now. Um, either. Yeah, correct. The answer is neither of us. Um, Captain Celery at Tropical Spittle uh, asks, who would you rather have come down your chimney dressed as Santa, John Tortorella or Randy Carlyle? <laughs> Gotta be Carlyle, right? Yeah, correct. Um, jovial he's, idiot. He's, he's, yes, he's jolly. Yeah. Pick that guy. Tortorella's coming down and yelling at you. Yeah. You didn't even Tortorella close the easily, He like 100% looks like he could be one of my uncles, by the way. Like... <laughs> Like, my dad could very, very easily be brothers with John Tortorella. Yeah. So, I, I don't, that doesn't really relate to anything. But I, I don't know. I've t- Tortorella, would, Tortorella would screw things up. Yep. I, I, uh, I think that's a pretty straightforward answer. Um, Nick's a jolly elf at Nick4422 um, asks, are White Christmases overrated? Um... No, <laughs> they're not. They're properly rated. Yes. Um, white Christmas, right? White Christmases are awesome. And when you're in, when you're used to having them. Especially when you're a kid. Especially when you're a kid. And when you're used to having them in some capacity and then move somewhere where it's, say, 65 degrees on Christmas, it it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. It makes it feel less like Christmas if you're accustomed to it and, and then have it taken away. Yeah. I can see that. I've never spent Christmas outside of uh, the Northeast, so. I just, I remember the the first Christmas I, I spent in Charlotte, I remember, because I worked, like, I went home for Thanksgiving, and I went home shortly after Christmas every year. But I figured that, like, you know, if I'm here, if I have to work, you know, on Christmas Eve or, what, or whatever, I'm just going to be the only one that does it, and I'm going to, like, make sure that everybody else, at least, everybody who lives down there and has family down there, you know, can, like, I just fell on, on you, the, you on took the, the bullet. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I remember driving to work on Christmas when I was like 22 and alone. And it's the most wonderful time of the year was playing on the radio. Oh my God. And I was, and I was driving, you know, again, driving to the office and just, I, I just remember thinking, this is, this is the, this is the most miserable I've ever felt in my life. And then I, and then I went home on Christmas and I ate a panini, like a, a lean cuisine panini. Oh my God, and Sean, I watched, no. and I watched Pretty Woman, and I fell Sean. asleep on the couch. Oh, Sean! Oh yeah, it was on TBS or something. And I think I actually may have cried. Yeah, how do you not? I I just I, I was like, what am I? What am I doing? What am I doing here? Yeah. So, but yeah, but that, that was part of it too. Like it was like it was just like you know. It was like warm and rainy, right? <laughs> like, it was it was just just all around miserable, real, real pathetic situation. Yeah, I remember when I, I think it's Home Alone two where the family goes to Miami for Christmas. Yeah, yes. And I remember thinking that was the most insane thing in the world. Like they were leaving, it was all snowy and nice in Chicago, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Miami." And I was like, "This movie doesn't make any sense." Yeah, I mean. I also, I don't know. 
It's Miami, though. Yeah. I'd be all right. It's better, like, I then then you're on vacation. Like, like you're you're right. actually, like, that's not the same as just living somewhere where, where it doesn't snow. I understand, but, I like, My the idea of it being warm on Christmas is revolting to me. It's, it's definitely a strange thing to experience. Yeah. All right, here's a non-Christmas question that's holidays related. JP at JPress41 asks... Uh, what's a more fun holiday, New Year's Eve or the Fourth of July? Uh, I'm gonna go with New Year's Eve, and I think really? that New Year's. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's even even thinking because I I like end up working on Fourth of July a lot. I feel like so. You know, okay, let's I, say the scenario is that you're not working on Fourth of July. Like you're a normal human being. What day are you gonna have more fun? Um. Oh man, I because I I've I think New Year's Eve is overrated. I've I've said that. I think it's possible. Like New Year's Eve can go bad real quickly. Oh yeah. Uh, it's one of those days that people just expect too much out of, and things can go sideways. I feel like for sure. Ah oh, man, that's a really tough question. It's like I mean, because the the weather is obviously a huge. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna factor. say Fourth of July because if you're gonna like have fun with your friends, you can do it all day rather than just at night. Uh, I'm gonna go New Year's Eve, just, but just because I love the holidays, like in general, like I love that I love this time of year. I get it. So it's like it, it, it but it, it's by it's by a nose though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're wrong about that. That's fine. We'll move on. Uh, Good Twitter name. Tweet in Cavelia at Black Dan Black K Dan, sorry, uh asks, what is the best Christmas song? What is the worst Christmas song? And what is your guilty pleasure Christmas song? Also, he says, Thanks and happy holidays to SG and the Slambird. Only person to say that. Thank you. Tweet in Thanks, buddy. Aren't you so sweet? I'm going to say you should change it to Sweet in Cavelia. Have a good one. He's, say say hello to Pete in Cavelia, who is absolutely your father. Yep, that's right. In my in my mind. I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? Uh, the best Christmas song is Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. The worst yeah. one, I think, we, I think we talked about this last time out. Um, there are some really rotten ones. Yeah. That... A lot of them are tied for terribleness. Um, Guilty Pleasure Christmas song is a White Christmas. By the... The Bing uh, Man himself. By the piece of shit to end all pieces of shit, Bing Crosby. That's right. Can't he spent his life didn't. beating the hell out of his children. That's right, yeah. The same guy also did a great rendition of White Christmas. I think my guilty pleasure song is is um, it's definitely Little Drummer Boy with him and Bowie. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it's because it's really it's funny. weird. It's weird as hell. It's oh, it's really funny though, man. That 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 puts me in the that puts me in in the Christmas spirit. Uh, uh, I'll say this: best rendition of a Christmas song that isn't Jingle Bell Rock is uh, Judy Garland's "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." That's a great. I, that's uh, right, I think. I think that's. I think that's the best Christmas song. It's really good. Like I don't generally enjoy Christmas music. That is one I could listen to anytime. It's yep. phenomenal. 
Yep. I think that's the correct answer, personally. All right. Well, we, we arrived there, then. Our old friend Sarah Barnett at sbarnett037 asks, What is your family's weirdest Christmas tradition? <clears throat> I don't know if... Do we have weird ones? My Uncle Billy dressed up as Santa for, like, way too long. <laughs> For like sure. many years, for like many years, like yeah. like until lo- well after the kids stopped believing, because I I have a ton of cousins, and and uh, yeah, there that went on for <laughs> that went on for way too long. Too long. What else? I'm trying. Like, I, th- there's just traditions that I don't care for. Like, my we always go to my grandma's house on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and she used to buy, uh, from from the church like votive sets or something i don't know i don't know what they were called necessarily but it was like you'd get a bunch of bags and a bunch of sand and a bunch of candles and you'd line the the walkway of her house by putting some sand into the bag and then putting the candle into the sand and lighting them yep and i for some reason was like responsible for doing that and it was you know it's pittsburgh it's usually cold always dark when when you go to do it and uh, I got like legit frostbite one year. I, I I think from doing it, it was completely stupid. And I like dumped that off on my cousin Jordan as soon as I could. Yeah, um, the only one I can really think of was uh, so my dad is the only church going person in like our extended family, mm-hmm. and uh, and he would insist on going to Christmas Eve services every year. Um, mm-hmm. But Christmas Eve was all also the night. When uh, my mom's side of the family would get together and exchange gifts and things of this nature, um, so Christmas, Christmas type things. Yeah, you know and what I'm whatnot. talking about. Um, and so the rule was always that you couldn't open presents until my dad got there. Makes sense. But my dad is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a lingerer. Like he just wants to hang around and talk to everybody. And say hi right. and, and happy holidays and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're just like, Dad, come home. Like, yeah, it's getting to be like presents. ten o'clock, yeah. and you're like, "What the fuck, man? Like, let's go." And especially this is when I'm nine, ten, eleven years old. Mm-hmm. Like that's prime. I just want to open these goddamn presents. Like, right? Yeah, you're on. you're a greedy, you're a greedy little shit that wants you know wants to open up your video games. Yeah, well, but so I'm. 9, 10, 11, my little sister is 4, 5, 6. My, mm-hmm. One of my younger cousins is uh, 3, 4 maybe. So you're just really – you're really annoying yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people. And then I, the rest of the family has to put up with kids whining the whole night. Yeah. My, my grandpa, he, he – um doing like major like family history lessons in in this episode I feel like but my we're getting, my grandpa we're get identity thefted now yeah my grandpa basically what he ended up doing with his life was he he made like industrial films like for you know the steel industry like instructional films stuff like that you know he would edit and and make and make these you know these short films so he had a shitload of like old recording equipment like old cameras and lights and all that, and all that sorts of stuff mm-hmm. And he used to actually like set up like a, f- a few times for a f- 
I think my mom finally told him to knock it off at some point or the, or the, the equipment just broke, but he would like rig up lights and shit like f- for Christmas morning. So I would wake up and be like half asleep and stumble down the stairs and want to like open up presents, but then also have to deal with, you know, like <laughs> industrial caliber, like lights propped up all over the house. It was very weird. Because you have to have yeah, it, you really got to make sure you light a four year old correctly whenever whenever you're watching him rip paper in open boxes. Yeah, you got to white balance that shit. Like, I said, I, I said, I said, Pap, I want a goddamn red gel over these lights, or I am just gonna snap. You're like, I can't. The bag's under my eyes. You got to soften this. I just woke will up. you just will you, will you use a boom mic for once in your life, Pap? Jesus. The room tone in the, on this video is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, so that that went on for a few years, and he eventually came off it, which was good because it's just a very disorienting thing when when you wake up earlier than you're used to, and like you know, looks like there's a UFO landing in your in your uh, in your living room. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Jake at Brogeppi. We always get good questions from him. Would, would you rather uh, try to break into Kevin McAllister's house or fight a slightly past his prime Mike Tyson? Uh, Mike Tyson would kill me, but Kevin McAllister would too. Would also kill you is the uh, is the real problem there. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah, like as a normal human being, you would certainly die in in. Because when you say slightly past his prime, Mike Tyson, you're talking about like 1996, let's say, I, like post prison Mike Tyson, yeah, who'd still who'd still just beat the you know, absolute sh- like almost killed Peter McNeely in 49 poor, seconds. Poor, poor Peter McNeely. Yeah. Uh, uh, with that having so been said, I, he would still like it, like Mike Tyson would probably literally punch my head off. Like my my head would detach from my body. Yeah. But. Uh. Kevin McAllister set Joe Pesci on fire. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, don't I mean, either. no, I, no, this is a would you rather. So you have to do one of them. I'll, I would say probably fight Tyson because at least like there's a chance that you, that he'll just punch you. You'll be unconscious and just end up, you know, in the hospital. But a, like, obviously we've established this. A normal person going through Kevin McAllister's house would certainly die. I rewatched home alone. So. I rewatched home alone last weekend. Uh, Oh yeah, like the amount of horrifying things that happened to those poor people, <laughs> Harry Dude, and Marv. You re- yeah, you're dead. You're dead immediately. Dead, absolutely dead. Uh, so, on, on the off chance that I would survive the Tyson fight, I think I think I just got to go with that. A right? best case scenario is Tyson like throws one like an exploratory punch, and you can just count the lights. Like you act like he really right. he really caught you good. You're down for ten seconds, and that's it. I think there is. I think you'd have a half decent chance of surviving against Tyson, but probably mathematical zero chance of. You don't get out of the McAllister house alive. Yeah, you're 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 dead. The paint cans to to the head. Yep. Um, Jesus Christ. And and especially the variety of ways in which he is torturing you. The the stepping on uh, broken Christmas ornaments. The, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather do that than take a punch from Mike Tyson. But it's yeah, just but a then fun. you have to slip and fall on um, 
on micro machines and then get hit in the head with paint cans. And this is also after you walked up um, a flight of stairs and stepped on a nail. Mm -hmm. And also... And then an old man hits you in the head with a shovel. Yep. Although that was technically in the neighbor's house across the street. So it doesn't all the way count. Um, Mitch on the web asks, uh, at how intensive is his name, uh, how sick do you have to be to miss out on a family holiday celebration? Oh, man. I'd have to be in the hospital. Yeah. Yes. Hospital sick. I've definitely, I've definitely been sick for holidays. That's that's for that's for a hundred percent sure. But for sure, yeah, you'd have to be in the hospital. Yep. So there's that question. Have a good holiday, Mitch. Uh, Cartoon Jimbo at the Jim Leopard asks, "Do you care about Boxing Day?" No. Uh, you know, actually, my friend James uh, usually has a nice party the day after Christmas. So. But it's not like I don't know. That's just more of a more of a tr- that has nothing to do with Boxing Day, right? Um, I'm gonna say I still don't know what Boxing Day is. I have a good I, handle on a lot of Canadian culture. Boxing Day. I've looked it up on multiple occasions. Couldn't tell you what it means with a gun to my head. Does it mean like you throw away the boxes and stuff? No. There's like a I don't I, I it goes back a, a like century and a half or something, and then it's got something to do with like a lord. I'm sure. Somebody will tell us, but it's, uh, it's, there's like an actual reason for the season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, the answer I don't to that know. question is, of course we don't, we're American. I like, yeah, right. I, I like it because it falls during, you know, because it's during the holiday season, but the 26 means absolutely nothing more to me than like the 27th or 28th or 29th or yep. Um, settled. Yeah. Number one dog haver at friggin underscore dingus. My man friggin dingus. That's right, baby. Uh, what is the best Christmas present you received as a kid? We, we covered that. What's the best one you've received as an adult though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. I, I can't, I can't really say the exact, what, what's your answer? Well, so I think I might have talked about it on the show before, or at least told you, Sean. Um, last week, we, we had a thing called the Spite Elephant, where yeah. um, a bunch of people got together in a bar. Uh, like, we rented out the upstairs of a bar in New York, and a bunch cool. of friends uh, got together and had a white elephant. But for the worst gifts you can possibly come up with. Uh, yeah. So, like, my contribution was four copies of The Fountainhead. That's really uh, good. Um, and acceptable condition used copies, by the way. I did not buy new. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you spent $80 on that's four right. hardback editions of The Fountainhead. <laughs> A book I love so much. Um, and uh, honestly, I got... It was great. I got a 2XL InfoWars shirt that is one of my most cherished possessions already. That's pretty awesome. It's, it says um, there's poison in the in the tap water on the front, and there's like a drop of water with a skull in it. And on the back, it's a bunch of facts about how fluoride is bad for you. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, other things at that were um, a, a cartoonist 
took a puppies and kittens calendar and drew penises on every page. Like big, this is great. Professionally drawn penises. Um, mm-hmm. Someone got an airbrushed pillow with Nicolas Cage on it. Um, that's that's an actual good gift. Yeah. So a lot of them. See, all, all these gifts are good. I would I would funny, love to have any. But like, if you were getting them unironically, you would be upset. I think is the point. Um, I don't. I can't envision a scenario where I would get a calendar penises drawn on puppies and kittens and not think that it was awesome yeah that's you're right about that um but so <laughs> the rule the, the one of my favorite presents uh this this year was the rule is that you have to bring home whatever you get like you have to take it home with you you can't leave it at the bar just leave it at the bar no you can't do it not allowed so and why would you want to the fact that somebody got a 20 pound bag of jasmine rice is extremely oh, funny. That's great. My um, uh, my, it, we did a we did a white elephant a couple years ago, and my buddy Ben, um, wound up with a clock that it's like a some old, like clearly just someone just took it off the wall of their like aunt's house or something. Yeah, and it's a wall clock that has a different bird at every like, like at every number. Okay, and it. When it hits, you know, one o'clock, it it makes the sound of a robin, and at two o'clock, it makes the sound of, you know, a nightingale or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's moved, it, it, like it. He bought Ben bought a a, real, a great a great house. The clock moved with him. It's like displayed prominently in the house, and I'm so pissed that he ended up with that man. It was like. It was like a white elephant gift that I think someone thought was going to suck, but he was so psyched to get it. And it's followed him around, you know, to like three different apartments and now and now at home. Yeah. Uh, no, that sounds really awesome, actually. Um, the, the best the best gift, as far as I'm concerned, is my friend got um, a guy physically made a little like handheld machine that mm-hmm. uh, you press the, the button and it generates on a little screen like a very small kind of um led screen it generates a, a short insult but there's a knob that you can turn up and as you turn it up the insults get meaner and oh, so that's really cool. and like the this guy just made it and it's and it's very funny all the insults are really good and so, so like how how far do you have to go until it turns into like racial slurs and stuff? No, it's like, it's never like, like that. Like, but like all turned all the way up. What one of them is like? I hope you die on my birthday. Oh, that's really good. Which is very mean. That's really good. Um, and the guy was like, "Yeah, so there's." He's explaining it to my friend after, and he's like, "Yeah, so there's uh ten set or uh, ten insults per setting." But if you want more, here's my email address. I will email you a firmware update. Oh, that's great. So that is, I, again, like it's a, ostensibly a bad gift, but it is in fact a phenomenal gift. That is great. That's awesome. Yep. So I, like just the experience of this fight elephant is a gift unto yeah, itself. A, that's a great idea, man. Everybody, like we had such a good time. Everybody laughing for like two and a half, three hours straight. It was awesome. Yeah, sure. Man. It sounds great. All right. We have one last question here from Daniel Gustafson at DJ Gustafson. Although his last name is spelled differently than his Twitter name, so that's confusing. Um, 
Who is the most awkward person to buy a gift for? Oh, man. You mean, like, specific? Or... Like, um, we can go broad. I, my answer was going to be girlfriend's family. Yeah, I I don't... Have I done that? I've done it, I don't know, two or three times, I guess. And, uh... Yeah. I don't buy gifts for that many people, honestly. Yeah. I buy gifts for, I buy like, gifts for people I like. Yeah, exactly. Like, a... Uh, you know, a handful of my closest friends and my family, and that's about it. I mean, I, I think girl, you can't go around with girlfriend's family. Yeah, because you're like, what do I get her dad? He's weird. I don't I think know. Like, I, I don't know. I mean... I have a standoffish relationship with this person. Right. Yeah. It, it's like, thanks for... Nailing Thanks for letting daughter. me have sex with your daughter, sir. <laughs> That's right. But then he has to get you a present, and I'm sure he feels the same way. Where he's like, I don't want to be involved in any of no. this. This kid's this 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 kid's a this kid's a jackass. Yeah. I, I I wish he would just disappear. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to buy him you know a pair of headphones or something. A twenty dollar Best Buy gift card is too good for him. Yeah. I, I I heard from an ex girlfriend recently that I somehow there's junk mail of mine that gets sent to her parents' house. <laughs> like I'm on like I'm on like a Best Buy like I, like Best Buy sends junk or Dell I think it might be Dell computers or something like some tech company sends my junk mail to their house in Maryland. It wouldn't surprise me if that uh, if that is still happening to uh, a girlfriend I had like a decade ago. I, I don't know why. Like I'm I, not really sure why that even. It was I, nothing I did on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I bought a computer and had it shipped there because they lived in New Hampshire and that helped me avoid like two hundred dollars in sales tax. But yeah, they're definitely still getting junk mail. It's definitely it's definitely possible that 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 it was something like that. I but it's like mail you know, fraud, baby. Let's go. I'm about to do that again pretty soon, man. I gotta mail this half drank bottle of Pappy Van Winkle to my buddy Corner in, in Charlotte. Hell yeah! This 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 insanely expensive whiskey that I don't appreciate. It tastes like forty dollar bullet rye to me, or bullet bourbon to me. I was me. gonna ask, yeah. It, I I tried I tried a little bit last night. Did not drink it out of plastic like I joked about doing. Uh, and it tastes good. It tastes like good bourbon. It tastes like t- I am. This is completely wasted on me. And I hope people listen to this, and I hope it ruins their goddamn night. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to sell this shit for two grand, and and Coiner outvoted me. That's that's a bummer. You should, I mean, it's two well, grand. Now, to be fair, once the next time you're going to have an opportunity to drink thousand dollars, not exactly. ever, right? Not ever. And Coiner, just because he's a good dude and knew that this is not really my scene, he bought like he's paying for my half. Oh, so he's paying. So he's paying like. You know, this thing's like this bottle's like two hundred fifty bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. So he's just, and he's buying all of it. So he gets to keep the bottle, but we both drink half of it, and I have to like pass it off as a vase that I'm sent that I'm sent like sending to my aunt or something in a couple weeks because you are not allowed to mail alcohol. Nope, you're sure not. So, uh, President Trump, delete this 
we're, we're, we're not actually doing any of this. This is all uh, for jokes on a podcast. Please don't. No, that's serious. Please don't send us to. Oh no no no! Don't send us to a work camp with all the uh, with all the Muslims and dissenters. Uh, that would be bad for us. He's busy starting nuclear war or, or talking about it. Is that it? Is that is that is that the end of questions? Yeah, we're done. Awesome. We did like well, forty minutes of questions. So, of course we did. Well, all right, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go to my my friend's annual Festivus party now. Right after I upload this, so. Boy. I hope uh, all of you have a happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas and a happy Kwanzaa and a happy Wookie Light Day. Uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever you celebrate, uh, I hope it's I hope it's great. And if you don't celebrate anything, I just hope you have uh, some. Some nice times with your families, with your family and your friends. If you don't celebrate, um, you know, Donald Trump will find you. We're gonna put the Christ back in Christmas. Finally, bringing Christmas back, baby. Yeah, not finally under President Trump. I can say Merry Christmas without being shot by a person of color, and I'm so excited. <laughs> Twenty Twenty Seventeen is gonna suck for as bad as Twenty Sixteen has been. 2017 is oh strap in kids it's gonna be gonna be it's gonna be much worse so enjoy enjoy this next week because it's the last good one you're gonna have for a real long time this is sean gentilly (laughs) signing off (laughs) happy holidays everybody we love you goodbye